there's no avoiding it. Sometimes we have to have painful conversations. That includes people like Jesus' Apostle Paul. As we read in the letter he was inspired to write of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with the first verse where Paul said, For I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And I wrote as I did so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he's caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I've forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we're not ignorant of his designs. Like many of the books of the New Testament, 2 Corinthians is a letter. And when we read this letter that the Apostle Paul was inspired by God's Holy Spirit to write to address a particular occasion or situation there in the ancient city of Corinth, some scholars admit that it's kind of like hearing half of a telephone conversation. We hear what one person, in this case the Apostle Paul, by inspiration is saying, but we don't know exactly what the situation on the ground is. But when we read about how the Apostle Paul first planted the church there in Corinth in the book of Acts, or when we read the letter that precedes this, 1 Corinthians, or when we read elsewhere here in 2 Corinthians, we can get some clues to piece together some of what happened. We know that the city of Corinth was a city that was notorious for its immorality, and we know from 1 Corinthians that a lot of that had continued to persist even in the church, even among people who were supposed to be following Jesus. Now, this man who had committed this sin, we're not entirely sure what that includes. As you read through 1 Corinthians, there's plenty to choose from. It may have been somebody that was rejecting Paul's authority as an apostle, that was wanting that authority for himself, or was trying to get brothers and sisters to rally behind some other teacher that they preferred over Paul. It might have been a man who was committing a pretty flagrant sin that even the Gentiles in town wouldn't have committed of sleeping with his stepmother. Or as you go through 1 Corinthians, there's any other number of false teachings or unchristlike practices that Paul wrote rather forcefully to address. As we read what we read here in 2 Corinthians, it seems like not only did Paul write to them in 1 Corinthians, which acknowledges that he wrote to them before that, and some scholars think maybe even he wrote to them again between 1 and 2 Corinthians, that not only would he write to them to address those things, even though they were painful, but it appears at some point since then, he also was able to make a visit to them. And it didn't go great. 
he was rather disappointed, as a matter of fact, by the reaction that he got there, so that he left, not on the best terms. But now, as he writes to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, something's happened where he's heard a report from one of his co-workers, and it seems like things actually have turned around in Corinth. It seems like some of the sin that had been committed had actually been repented of. So now, Paul writes to them with another teaching, and it's one on the importance of forgiveness. While we don't know exactly what was going on in Corinth, that's not actually the most important part of this. The thing that we can take so much from is gleaning that reality that sometimes we, even as followers of Jesus, even among other followers of Jesus, have to have painful conversations. Because we as people sin, there's going to be some things that we have to address. And it hurts. Those conversations are uncomfortable. They're difficult to have, but they're necessary. Sometimes there will be wrongs that are committed against us. There will be wrongs that we witness others commit. And we've got to talk about it. And it's possible that our first attempt, our first few attempts to address it might not look very successful. In fact, it might seem like the hurt's even worse. But if we are committed to following Jesus, if we truly want to trust and obey him and what he teaches us to do, conversations like that are critical. But not just to say that we must confront everything that bothers us. Every time someone steps on our toes, we need to call them out for it. Not that at all. But rather to recognize that as we undertake those conversations, there's passages like this one that show us what our motivation should be. That it should be a motivation of love. That it should be a desire to help what's not right to be put right. That it should be a hopeful motivation where we're really wanting to try to find ways to move forward. That we're not just trying to make somebody feel bad for what they've done but that we're trying to find that way to move forward the way Jesus would want us to move forward. And then when that repentance comes, whether it's after one conversation or several, that we're ready to extend that forgiveness to one another. That we're ready to rebuild a healthier relationship more like Jesus would want it to be. You and I, we're going to have some painful things that we have to confront sometimes. Some difficult conversations that we have to have, and it probably won't be pleasant. But if we're committed to following Jesus, and if we undertake those hard things with the heart that first and foremost wants to please Him, that pain won't be wasted. In fact, it may very well, as this situation did, lead to an outcome so much better than we ever could.